morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy. Because we can. Let's do it. Ted, my tractor driving friend, it is good. It's good to see you. Yeah, good. Good to see you as well, my friend. It's uh, it's the first week of summer here. Yes, uh, school's out for me. School's out for summer, and yes. uh, yeah, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying life right now. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You seem to be. You seem. I I haven't seen you. And it's not. It, I and and I wouldn't say that you are. I wouldn't say that you are generally a glum person. Yeah, You're not. Yeah, I, it's I been a while since I've seen you this 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 bubbly, this energetic. Like I can tell there is a weight off the shoulders, dude. There is, and there's there's something about for a creative person mm. ha- having control of your day. You know what I mean? hundred oh, percent. Being able to like choose what I'm spending my time on, and we talked about it off the air, but you know, yeah. starting to get a little creative about sponsors and about next moves and things I want to make and things I want to do. You know, this is the blessing of the academic calendar, right? Sure. Like as much as yeah. I enjoy my day job, and I, I do really enjoy teaching, um, and almost everything that goes along with it. Um, you know, it's it's great to have the summer to be a little creative. I'm writing these talks uh, for these camp speaking gigs I've got coming up. Super fun. I get to dive into like commentaries and yeah. you know, kind is this, of is this Barakow? Yeah, this is Barakow, and then I'm doing one in Pennsylvania nice. in June as well. So. Uh, Camp Susk is what it's called. Shout out Camp Susk. Susk. Um, yes, yeah, su- they should become a show sponsor, dude. They absolutely. You know what? Should, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna slick my hair back and make some money moves, dude, because it's summer go. and I have time yeah. for it. And I'm gonna reach yeah. out. But uh, no, it's this really cool camp in like northeast Pennsylvania, nestled right in the forest. It looks awesome, and uh, I'll be up there for a few days speaking to their staff. So. That's awesome. Um, yeah, good things happening, dude. And um, and I really do love writing the talks, and it, it gives me a chance to like pretend that I'm a pastor and you know stu- <laughs> study things in a deep way. And um, yes, it's a yeah. it's a fun deal, dude, for sure. Yeah. Now that's now. So do these camps give you? Do they give you free reign on what you want to talk about, or do yeah. they have like do they have themes? And they're like, okay, we want you to speak on this, dude. No, they really give me free reign, which is super nice. And oh, cool. you know, they they know that I'm going to keep it close to scripture, and I'm not going to do you know, ten steps to a better life or anything banal like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, they're they're super great with me, and and um, <laughs> you're not going to go up there and try to sell sell books to. 13 year olds <laughs> hey no i you know i might try to do that i mean my goodness you know well i mean maybe a graphic novel or two yeah dude maybe a graphic novel or two but even yeah. that no I, I never try to sell books from the front but i've thought about it at times i'm like gosh dang i bet 
I bet more successful authors are they're always slipping that little promo for the book into the into the talk. But that just feels gross to me, you know? Oh, it's a hundred percent gross. It's the skeeviest thing that you can do. And yeah. dude, I was I was at a ch- I was at I I was at a church once, dude. I remember they brought this guest speaker in. Mm-hmm. And one, I don't know why they brought him in, because mm-hmm. he didn't preach. It was more of a lecture on yeah. a Sunday morning, right? Yeah. Which just drives me nuts. Yeah. But then like the entire Literally the entire time, mm-hmm. there were there were just little little uh, little mentions of uh, you know like, like all this I'm talking about is found in my book that I you know a bunch of books that I brought with me in the back. Oh man! And yeah. it was it was dude all morning. Yeah, from oh. the pulpit, and I was like, this I can't I can't do this. That's this pretty gross, worst. man. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird because so gross. <laughs> I mean, you have this relationship with your books where I mean, you want people to buy them. Otherwise, sure. like, why do it? Why publish a book? Like, uh, you want people to buy them and read them. But yet there's a time and a place for promo, you know, and church yeah, is not that time or place. Like, I think camp no. is not that time or place. You yeah. know, if they want to, like, Google my name and figure out what I've written, they can do that. But um, yeah, and yeah, my, my publishing career isn't going to hinge on, like, a room full of, you know, high school kids. You know, no. walking walking over to the camp store to buy my graphic novel. So, that's right. That's you right. Know, they can, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can do it or not do it. But that being said, run, don't walk to a little online bookseller, Josh Loftus, called Amazon.com. Mm. Oh, yes. uh, a little mom and pop that we're in business with. If you look up a book called The Dog Lives by mm-hmm. Ted Cluck, you could buy the book there. Amazon gets a cut. I get a cut. Everybody wins. Uh, it's a nice Absolutely. little time. And if you haven't done so, run to Amazon and give that a nice little five star baby. Uh, we can use those five star reviews. Uh, I have a a long and checkered relationship with book reviews. I don't tend to care about them, or at least I want to be the kind of person who doesn't care about them. Mm. Uh, but if you've read The Dog Lives, if you've loved The Dog Lives, even if you've just liked it, um, run over there to Amazon and, and give the boy a little five star. Uh, we can use all that momentum that we can get. So there, there it is. Promo over Josh Loftus. Bam. I love it. Yeah, I love, like I love how seamless that was, too. I do a little just, radio, baby. Just so natural. It's I almost do, like you've done this before. I do a little radio, you know? Look at you. Look um, at you. And truly, like, all kidding aside, I am excited about that book. I think it's one of the it's one of the better books that, that I've written in my career and uh, published it through Gut Check Press. And so we didn't we didn't do some of the traditional marketing avenues that people have for, for books like that. But, uh, yeah. but check it out. And five-star it. Enjoy it. I think you'll like it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, baby. Love it. So, Ted, I have a question for you. It's Yo. in it's it's kind of an ask coach cluck, but but okay. it is it's definitely I think it's a it's a sports question, but it's definitely going to I think create conversation in a greater a mm. greater avenue as well. Mm-hmm. The question is this, as 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 I'm sure you know, as I'm sure many people know. Mm-hmm. Um my Packers lost a pretty pivotal player. No way. During the during the draft. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Mr. 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 Mushroom Head himself. Mm-hmm. Uh Mr. Aaron Rodgers decided to head on over to the Jets. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I think we all kind of knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm getting flashbacks, very, very hard flashbacks to Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of how he ended his career with the Packers as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and so my question to you, Ted, yeah. is um one, and this does pertain to Aaron Rodgers, but I think again, I think it opens up a little yeah. bit. What 
when is it time to hang it up? Oh and, man, <laughs> and stop and stop trying. Because oh, I look at I look at I look at the end of of Brett's career, and it makes yeah. me sad. Yeah, right. And I think I'm going to get the exact same thing with Aaron because I don't know if he's going to be the guy. Yeah. To to stop when he should. Well, let me let me say a couple things to that. All right. Number one, yes. I'm the worst guy humanly possible to ask about this because it, <laughs> at 47, I'm still playing. I'm still like looking for teams to play for. Like it's sick, dude. I am a sick puppy when it comes to this topic, right? Like I don't know how to quit. I should have quit a long time ago. It's a whole it's a whole deal of its own. So I'm the wrong guy to ask. And the second thing that I want to say about this. Mm. I want to encourage and challenge you to go watch some like late career Favre tape because yeah. dude Favre was frisky like oh I, he was and he was yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like the 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 bounty gate game like that playoff game against New Orleans when he was playing yep. for Minnesota and yep. just took a savage beating dude but he was standing in that pocket ripping balls 30 40 yards down the field taking shots as was the 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 way of Brett Favre always like Favre is a fun watch his tape is incredible oh, yeah. um, he was special he was built different and he mm-hmm. right up until the very end I think Favre was a really fun watch a really frisky guy to have on your team the arm the arm strength was there so I don't know dude and and to me and I take let's take the off the field stuff out of it so like yeah, sure. <laughs> all. All of yes, Favre's yeah. off the field indiscretions, etc. Let's please, yeah. <laughs> Favre was a he was an easier guy to root for than Aaron Rodgers, and I guess we have to bring in Rodgers off the field, off the field stuff into the conversation because I think Rodgers, and maybe I'm seeing this through the rose colored lenses of of nostalgia. I don't know. Rodgers has just really gotten patently unlikable over like the last decade, and mm. it's tough too though because he is. There are aspects of him that are likable. Like he goes on McAfee and he just kind of goes unfiltered for an hour. And it's like, man, this guy's in a, in a way he's sort of breaking the paradigm of the robotic say nothing NFL player in an interview. So you, you do love that and you respect it. But like, I don't know. I just think the arrogance, the ego, the sin has kind of taken over there. And the result has been a less likable Aaron Rodgers. So... Mm. To some degree, I don't care what happens to him on the Jets. And to some degree, also, the Jets <laughs> seem to be kind of this cursed franchise where, you know, they're going to get Rodgers. He's going to, like, tear his Achilles in week three, and they're going to have to go, go the rest of the way with Zach Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. Not to go super dark on it. But, like, yeah. I don't know. In a, way, in a way, I don't care. In a way, it would be interesting to have an NFL where the Jets are good. I just think New York, that market. But... I think more likely what happens if they start the season two and five, you know, and yeah. the media is right. howling. Rogers is cynical. He's starting to blame his teammates. It all kind of comes unglued. Yeah. I don't know. Then you have like a heart problem. Like how would a, how would a, how would a Christian respond in that moment? You right. know, and then you've got sort of arrogant egomaniac Rogers trying to cover his tracks. I don't know. I think it gets ugly there in New York. So to your bigger question, though, about when to quit, this has implications for me as an athlete, but it also has implications for me as a writer. Oh, okay. Um, 
I think it has implications for a lot of people. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I have other thoughts, but I want to hear yours. I've been blown. Yeah, away. I mean, so I think I think there's a dis- I, I think you do need to make a distinction between something something that you something that you're doing that takes like actual physical manpower mm-hmm. versus mental or skill. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 I could be. You know, you can be a. I mean, I honestly, as we see, like you yeah. can be a a rock musician for yeah. a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Then you can be an NFL quarterback, right? And and you can be a successful rock musician for a lot longer. Yeah. Right? You have all these guys who are like now, you know, who were huge in the 80s that are touring again and charging. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know how much Brian Adams is charging for his tickets? How much? I wanted, I wanted, so Brian Adams and Joan Jett are yeah. coming to Seattle. Okay. I thought, dude, that'd be a great show. That's yeah, that cool. would be so nostalgic, dude. And it's such dude, a weird, yes, that's such a weird mashup of like it, it is different types of eighties, nineties yeah. people like coming together on the same bill. You know, uh huh, yeah, exactly, dude. The cheapest ticket was three hundred dollars. That's wild, dude. The cheapest for Brian that's Adams a- and Joan Jett. Yes, dude. All right, so let let's take a ten second digression into this. Yeah, and then I've, got, okay. I've got other thoughts. Go for it. What's your favorite Brian Adams thing, and what's your favorite Joan Jett thing? Uh, I mean, Brian Adams, gosh, dude. Uh, so in all honesty, so I really like summer 69. That's the classic one, but he put out an album for a Disney movie called spirit. Okay. That's about a horse. Okay. But, but, but he, he, like they had him do kind of the Phil Collins thing and that he like wrote the soundtrack for it. Yeah. Yeah. The songs on that, on that album are like some of the greatest love songs ever. Dude, my, my Brian Adams thing is the, uh, the Robin Hood soundtrack. Because Robin oh, Hood with 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 Costner, yeah. So grown, gr- uh, yes. Was no, it Costner, wait. dude? No, it was somebody else. Wait, which wait, which Robin Hood? I don't know the '90s one. It might have been Costner. Gosh, I think dang. Costner was wasn't Costner the, the, the played Robin Hood in that, right? Uh, maybe. So that movie was on a very short list of like Christian approved like sleepover movies. So if you were like spending the night at your buddy's house. In the mid '90s, like that, that might have been the movie you were watching, and okay. it had that great Brian Adams soundtrack with that ballad on it that just ripped. Everything I do, I do it for you, by Brian yeah, Adams. So, yeah, so it's, so it's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Robin right? Hood, Prince of Thieves. It was yeah. Costner. It yeah. was Costner. Costner and Morgan Freeman. Yes, dude. Major cast on that one. Major all right. cast. All right. So my favorite Joan Jett thing. She sang that song that went. Um. I went to a party last Saturday night. I didn't get laid. I got in a fight. Uh huh. It ain't no big thing. Oh, Was that her? Yeah. And uh, I know what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I know I like dancing with you. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 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 My favorite was always I hate myself for loving you. Oh, solid. I hate myself for loving you. Yeah. Yeah. So good, dude. Man, that takes me back. Those are those are solid tracks. Those yeah, if you find a, if you find a way to get to that show, you should. Um, yeah, you should do it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you yeah. could get credentialed six hundred dollars as an emissary of the Cluck Pod. Oh, and dude, I get a media pass. You get a media pass. Yeah, you should try that. Just That'd as be a, amazing as a litmus test, you should try to leverage how much we can leverage the show. I know, um, right? See if yeah. I can get in to see Brian Adams. Get in to see Brian Adams. That would be huge. Yeah. Uh, all right, so when yeah. to quit. Yeah. I do. Yeah, think- yeah, yeah. So, so basically, my my point was, I think it depends on what you're doing, yeah. right? And 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 whether or not you can stay proficient, yes, at what you're doing, 
I think as long as you can stay proficient at it and it's giving you joy and it's not yeah. it's not you know it's not killing you in some way. Yeah. I I think you can I think you can go as long as you want. Yeah. I agree. There's a there's a third factor at play for me on this though. Okay. And yeah. I don't know if it comes into play yet for Rodgers, but it has for other old athletes at times. It's the dignity factor. You know? <laughs> sure. Sure. And it does, sure. it does for writers <laughs> yeah. too, especially yeah. Christian writers. Like I've long been of the opinion that you shouldn't do books just because you can do them. You know what mm. I mean? Just because it, you yeah. can get another book deal, it doesn't mean you should. Sure. And, sure. you know, you point. see these guys that are like cranking out books every seven months just because they can. And I don't know. It starts to get a little needy. It starts to get a little cloying. It starts to get a little look at me-ish. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, th- I think you should put out a product when you have something significant to say or do with it. Um, so well, I think a big part of that for you is probably a difference of philosophy in yeah. how, and how you view writing. I know I have a high view of writing, right? dude. And, yeah. and like, yeah, you do. I think if you put out a book every nine months, just cause some stupid publisher will give you a deal that, mm. that kind of reflects poorly on the craft to me. Interesting. Um, yeah. so there's that dignity piece to it. Like boxing wise, I don't know, like late career Muhammad Ali or even boxing wise, like, you know, late career Tyson doing these joke fights against Roy Jones Jr. or whatever. Like, that's sad. That's depressing. I watched that fight. I watched it, too, dude. And I regretted every second of it. And I watched it because this is interesting. My kids wanted to see Tyson fight. Mm. And I had to like I had to lecture them on you're really not seeing Tyson fight. Like, yes, Tyson is moving around in the ring, throwing punches and taking punches, but this isn't a Tyson fight. No. This is a Tyson cash grab, right? This is Tyson lining his pockets, and God bless him if he can do that, but um, it's not a real Tyson fight. So, yeah, there's a dignity thing in there, and and everybody's dignity barometer is going to be a little bit different, right? Right. Right. Um, Well, let's, let's do this. Let me ask you this question. And you can answer this as a Green Bay fan or just a student of Aaron Rodgers or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Given the totality of the Aaron Rodgers experience, personality, yeah. sort of, uh, I don't know, call it apostate arc or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Which is which is deeply sad. Yeah, it is. Do you want to see Aaron Rodgers succeed? <sighs> like if he question. goes to the Jets... Yeah, and let's say he goes like eleven and six, and they go to the second round of the playoffs or whatever. Like, are you happy for him? Do you want to see him succeed? Man, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you yeah. here, Ted. I'm split on that. Mm. I'm split, and and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my reasons for both. Yeah, half of me no, I don't. Half of me yeah. wishes he would have hung it up at Green Bay. Yeah, would have retired there. And also, and, just not burn the bridge with Green Bay, and not burn the bridge, not yeah. not ha- not go the way that it that That's it went, right. Right? right? So, so, so half of me wants, you know, no, I don't want him to succeed because mm-hmm. I don't want to give him that satisfaction, right? Yeah. And that sounds yeah. horrible. The other half of me, and I don't know if this is like the 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 less cynical, less sad half. Yeah. The other half of me wants to because I know it's all he has, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if he doesn't, yeah. I'm I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. And it might be the very thing that the Lord uses to like, you know, knock him upside the head. 
yeah. and give them a reality check, which, which, you know, which if that happens, then, you know, praise the Lord for that. But, yeah. but I, I honestly think like looking at Rogers, especially after like the divorce and just the, all the personal things, honestly, like, like all the drug stuff too, yeah. like coming, co- coming from just a counseling side, like I look yeah. at Rogers and I see a guy that is desperately searching. Mm, like mm-hmm. he is desperately searching for answers to really big questions that football yeah. can't answer for him. Dude, that is such an astute commentary. And I agree 1000%. I'm going to, I'm going to push you on it a little bit. Okay. Um, and I don't mean to get you off track of what you were no, saying. No, 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 no. This is, I mean, um, this is the topic. This yeah. is the topic. So as a counselor, and then I have a couple of things to say about Green Bay and New York, but I'll, I'll save them as a counselor. What would you say to him? So if you, if you got, a couple minutes with Aaron Rodgers, and he's like, yeah. Josh, tell me what you think. What, what would you say to him? Yeah. I'd say that he is desperately trying to find his worth and meaning in something that he can have control over. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I do, and, and, and we know that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? You, know, yeah. you know, he he's expressed, he's expressed in, in interviews, like just kind of a, a desire to understand kind of what's next. And yeah. this, you know, you know, this is kind of what spurred on a lot of his like mushroom use and just like a yeah. bunch of, just a bunch of stuff. And like, you know, I honestly like, you know, like at a certain point, it's like, it's like, it's like Paul. It's like, you know, you are, you are doing everything you can to understand and learn about this unknown God. And I yeah. want to tell you that he has a name. Yes, that's right. That's you know, good. and 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 that's and I, I I see Aaron as someone who's desperately searching for answers, mm. and he's doing everything that he can to find it. And I think football for him is the only constant, mm. so mm-hmm. he has security there. If if it, it you know mm-hmm. if just just looking just looking from the outside in, I think football might be his security blanket. Yeah. And I think because of that, once football's gone, yeah, I think we're going to see some really destructive things if the Lord doesn't, doesn't get a hold of him. Yeah, that's a good word. And I, and I think you're spot on and, and perhaps, and this is especially true for quarterbacks, right? This is more true for quarterbacks than it is for left tackles or defensive ends. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. there is a measure of control there where for three and a half hours on a Sunday afternoon, he is, he's literally and figuratively calling the shots. Right. Right. And people are listening to him and deferring to him and, by and large, it's gone successfully for him. Uh, but you're right; the world doesn't work that way. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's 40 years old and alone, right? Uh, yeah. The relationship thing hasn't worked out. I even think the like being beloved thing hasn't worked out. Like, there's no. a Floyd Mayweather quality to this guy where he's been very successful, but like, kind of nobody loves him. Right? Um, and it didn't used to be that way. It didn't. And and dude, you know? having been to Green Bay. <laughs> I love Green Bay. Let's start there. And yeah. even though I'm a Lions fan, like if you love football, you love Green Bay. Yeah. I've been to the Packer Hall of Fame. I've been on the stadium tour. Like I do love it. And I love the town. And like there's a world in which, and this was true for Favre too, where if they could have kept the relationship intact, there would have been a a legend quality in Green Bay. There would have been yep. such a loyalty from that fan base to that player, that it could have been really special and really magical. Um, and it's interesting how both of those guys eschewed that in order to pursue this ethereal. I think there's this feeling of like athletes want to go to New York and conquer it. 
Mm. But for the life of me, Josh Loftus, it's been decades since that has happened. Sure. Right? Who would you say was the last one to successfully complete that mission? I, I've been thinking about that as we've been doing this program. Honestly, Bill Parcells, and he was a coach. Okay. Because those yeah. Parcellsian Giants teams, they were they were exercises in like perfect team building for one thing. And even mm-hmm. though they had one big star, it was Lawrence Taylor. Those those were homages to the team concept, right? Like sure. Phil Sims, Joe Morris, Mark Bavaro. Like they were all good, but they weren't like guys that were gonna carry a team on their own. And sure. you know, Parcells was really the biggest star on those Giants teams. And he held it together, but that was thirty years ago, dude. And before yeah. him, you're looking at somebody like Joe Namath. And would you lo- not say that 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 Eli Manning had a little bit of that? I mean, maybe, I- but like, there was never a sense from a hubris ego standpoint that Eli Manning wanted to conquer New York. Yeah, you know, e- Eli Manning was always just kind of a doofus. He was always like doofus <laughs> Eli Manning, and like. <laughs> I, and I say that with great affection, right? Sure, yeah. Because I, I would rather somebody be a doofus than be like an arrogant, you know, Ponzi egomaniac. But sure, um, sure. I, I guess my point being, so many athletes and so many people have gone into New York City thinking I'm going to conquer this and I'm going to be mm-hmm. the king of this town. I don't know Jeter, Derek Jeter, probably. Um, mm, sure, I, I wasn't sure. thinking about the Yankees teams, but probably Jeter. Maybe the eighty six well, I mean, Mets. I mean, Jeter Jeter is just all about himself. And 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 maybe like maybe maybe that's part of it. Is like in order to conquer New York, you need to become bigger than New York. You know, like at a deep know. level, and not to take this to too pastoral a place, but maybe it's because I'm writing all these talks. Like there's something really satanic about that. Right? Mm, like sure, sure. you yeah. you you seek to become bigger than New York and you know, the sin kind of consumes you from the inside because you become the kind of person who, I mean, you're, you're the ultimate narcissist at that point. Right. And that makes, that makes real relationships, be it with a church or with a person really difficult, you know? Well, you know, I think we see that with anybody who's trying to find worth or meaning in something that they do. Right. And I think, I think, I think we like, it's so easy to fall into that trap is we Mm -hmm. all know people Mm -hmm. that are trying to be somebody. Totally. Right. Well, and I see it in myself too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's, there's so much that we have to fight against to try to not, not be the type of person who's going to view relationships as leverage or opportunities. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to be the kind of person who, you know, is is truly loved by a small number of people in your life who yeah, know exactly. you very well right. and who right, know right. the good and the bad and the ups and the downs. And celebrity offers this this really thousand foot view of love where you think you can be beloved by like thousands of people. Right, but it really doesn't work that way, you know. Audiences well, are yeah, and incredibly it's not actually fickle. love. No, it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not. because For because sure. how quickly that that quote unquote love goes away when you switch teams. So here's right? the yeah, and here here's really, and I I know this because I've seen it from the Christian media book publishing side of things. Yeah, I've I've had a picture into this with some athletes. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, and if you're you and I'm me. 
even if there's a genuine desire to get a few minutes with this guy and really share the gospel and really say, man, I know what you're going through because I've experienced a fraction of it myself and Christ died for that and you can have freedom from it, right? You can have relief. You can taste the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? Even if you want to genuinely deliver that message, these guys are so jaded from years and years of of people trying to cozy up to them to get something, right? Yep. So every ghostwriting endeavor I've gone into, whether it's with Jim Kelly or the current NFL quarterback of which we do not speak, like yeah. regardless of who it's with. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> or Zach Ertz, which was a really good ghostwriting experience. Like I always went into it, and on the very first day I always said, I don't need this. Like I'm not doing this because... I need the money or I want to be close to a celebrity or whatever. And if you're jaded about that, let's just stop now. Right. Right. And even that doesn't work though, dude, because these guys have so many layers of defense built up and they're so accustomed to like talking without saying anything. It would be really hard. And I used to pray for it with Mike Tyson too. I used to pray around the time of the Tyson book that I would get a chance to share the gospel with him because I just sensed that he was, on one level, so charismatic, but on another level, so addled with guilt and miserable. Sure. And and to put a fine point on it, I think Tyson has just leaned into like substance abuse as a way to sort of alleviate the 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 voices inside. You know, the yeah. the, the gnawing yeah. sense of guilt. And a lot of people do that now because it's so prevalent and it's so societally acceptable. You know. Yep. It is. So it is. Yeah. I I would hate to see Rogers go that way. <clears throat> And I hate mm-hmm. to see Tyson go that way, you know, yeah. um, because as somebody who loves Christ, I want to I want to see these guys get real relief, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is it's it's I think it's a it's a warning to us, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure that, that we don't we don't interact with things in our life in the same manner. Right. Mm-hmm. That we keep things in perspective. Right. We yeah. keep, you know, I think. One of my favorite things that uh, a pastor, Alistair Begg, says, he says, he says, uh, he says, we keep the main things, the plain things and the plain things, the main things. And I just Alistair like Begg. I've I, yeah. I've always loved I've always loved that. He's such because, a stud, dude. Oh, I dude, Alistair yeah. Begg's tops, dude. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's yeah. Tops yeah sure. He's 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 great. He's great. Also, well, he, oh, has, no, go ahead. Yeah. he has handled the celebrity pastor thing pretty well in that. I, I would say yeah. around the like mid 2000s. There was a time where he could have gone full celebrity pastor, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. when I was doing books with Moody, and he was like headlining a Moody pastors conference that I that I like substaged at. Yeah. And I remember hearing him thinking, "This guy's incredibly gifted. I really love his preaching." But he didn't. He didn't double down on celebrity, dude. And I admire him for that. I really. Oh do. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've always admired Beg for that, dude. I think he is. He is one of my favorite guys to listen to he's just he's yeah yeah i always find his insights really 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 spot on same Same. yeah for sure well ted before we get out of here man uh i have one more one more quick question for you and then we'll wrap up with now your schedule freeing up with with the summer you know coming Mm -hmm. quick with the weather being nice with the with the weight of academic responsibility off your shoulders i have to know yeah is Red Dead going to get some of that love? 
dude, Red Dead is giving it. It is getting some of that love, and okay. dude, I don't know where you are in the story. I I've got to like from a counseling perspective. I want to I want to hear from you. On this, <laughs> oh no, but, um, Ted's like I find myself thinking about it all the time. <laughs> well, a, a couple of counseling related things. One, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really in. I'm about sixty percent of the way done. So I'm really oh, in that man. moment where Arthur's really starting to decline physically, dude. Oh no! And it's bumming me out, man. And I, I know. and I'm seeing some like last moments on the horizon. Mm. Uh, so I'm having mm. a tough time with that, but I am playing some. But here's my weird thing, dude. Yeah, I have such a midwestern Puritan work ethic kind of thing where I don't. I never allow myself to play video games during the day. Like I always have to, I always have to okay. put in like a full eight hours of work until I can engage that video game, and so it's I'm, your reward. It's like your ice cream. It's like my ice cream. I'm I'm still in that evening margin. So like, Arthur's not yeah. getting as much time as as he could, and maybe maybe I'll get over that and be able to devote a few daytime hours to Arthur Morgan. But uh, but no, man, we're picking our way through it. Still enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm already starting to do the like emotional work of thinking through how I'm going to deal with the end of the game, you know? Yeah. And right. And Arthur's death and all that stuff, but uh yeah. but no, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it and I think Red Dead might get some more time. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it is it's like playing a movie. Oh, it, it really, really is. is. Like yeah. like you yeah. get in you get invested yeah. deeply. Deeply. Dude, it's a banger. It's such a banger. I actually wrote an essay about it that I think is going to publish in World Cool. About the, the sort of the moral compass of the game and yeah. like the the ethical, you know, weight of it, which uh, I hope they yeah. run the piece. But anyway, what's your what's your what's your relationship with? with and I'm talking you, not Arthur. Yeah, what's yeah. your relationship with um, uh, Dutch these days? Yeah, dude, things are things are a little rocky with Dutch, man. Yeah, things are a little rocky now. I think Dutch might be losing his grip a little bit. I yeah. think. Well, yeah. I mean, to put it in pastoral terms. I don't know, and and I don't want to make bold sweeping statements about people who I don't know who are also fake. Um, I think I think Dutch has been given over fully to his hard heart. You know, mm, I yeah. see a hardness yeah. in Dutch that wasn't necessarily there in like the first act of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think Dutch has I think Dutch has made the decision to go over to the Jets, and we're starting to see that uh, <laughs> he's going to the Jets. Dutch is like. <laughs> Dutch is like, I want to, I want to conquer New York. I'm gonna do yeah. it. Nobody's done it since Joe Namath. I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm the guy to do this. Exactly. <laughs> well, I look forward to many more updates on Red yeah. Dead, Ted, yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we we're, uh, we're coming into the enjoyable, enjoyable months for you, my man. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. No, thanks, baby. That's we're awesome. gonna level up this podcast uh, enterprise. Up. We're gonna level this empire up considerably over the summer. That's we're right. making moves. I might be doing some importing, exporting. Yeah, uh, we're yep. we're uh, yeah. We got we got some things in the hopper that I think are going to be fun that people are going to like. We do. It should be. It should be a good time. Should be a good time. Yep. Well, listeners, you know what you guys can do. You can head on over to all the socials, and we are there at Cluckcast. You can find us, interact with us, talk to us. We enjoy that. Submit your questions for Ask Coach Cluck, and we will talk about them at nauseum on the air. Uh, we will do that because it's uh, something that we do for you. Um, tell a friend about the podcast, right? Let's 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 grow even further the Cluck Podcast community. 
because when there's more of us, uh, it's just way more enjoyable. So tell a friend about it. That'd be fantastic. Keep your eye out for some uh, some exciting stuff, like Ted said, coming down the coming down the pipe. It's gonna be awesome. We thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Cluck. 